Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Amazing. Well, I want to extend my welcome to you if you are new or visiting. We're thrilled to have you here. As Tanner said, my name is Lawrence, one of the team here, and it's privilege to be able to share from the Bible with you. We believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. You don't have to believe it to be here. Um, we're just glad you're here, but believing that, that God's got something to say to you, even if you don't even believe in God. That's what I believe. And um, hey, it's not just something we say. Pastor Malcolm brought a word for the, for the house today. So you just need to head over to our website, click on talks, and bless yourself. And um, so, yeah, you need, to, you need to hear that word if you're part of our, of our church. It was a powerful word. And um, I'm not going to try and replicate that. That would, be, that would be stupid. But you need to go and listen to that. But excited to come and share something that God laid on my heart for us tonight. I want you to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, if you've got your Bible. But we've got you covered. The words will come up on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 16 to 20 and the person who's writing this is a man called Paul he was actually one of the leaders of the early church and the context that he's writing to is a church in Corinth that's where we get the name Corinthians original like what they did there and what's happened is Paul was due to go to speak to this church he was due to go and speak to this church in Corinth but something came up outside of his control that meant he couldn't go to speak there. So the current church, there were new Christians. You can put that scripture back up for me. There were new Christians and, 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 and they started chatting. They started chatting to each other. Do you know, you know when people start chatting to each other? And they start saying things like, who is this Paul? He said he was going to come and visit us. Now he isn't going to visit us. What, are we not that important anymore? Is Paul someone who just says he's going to do something and not, doesn't do it? So Paul writes this to address it. But I actually love the fact that so many people in the New Testament got so many things wrong because we get so much truth from the Bible. I love it. So Paul writes to them. He says, listen, I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and come back to you from Macedonia and then had to send you on my way to Judea. And he says this, was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say both yes, yes, and no, no? But as surely as God is faithful... Our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but has always been yes. So the, the thing is, see that, that was seamless. Come on, team, that was awesome. The, this is the thing. Keep, wait, what, don't, don't leave me. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, <laughs> It's a little bit insecure, Annie. You know, it's like, don't leave, please don't leave me. It's like Netflix when it says, are you still watching? Yeah, I'm still watching Netflix. I'm, it's calm, be secure. But this, this, is, this is the thing. See, Paul, I don't know if you've got those people who can kind of go deep really quickly. You say one thing and then they take you deep real quickly. That's what's happening. Paul takes this opportunity while these Corinthians are saying, oh, don't you care about us, Paul? You say one thing and say another thing. And he says, no, 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 I don't do that because that's not what Jesus is like. Jesus isn't yes and no, he's always yes. And see, Paul was the representative of Jesus to this community. So he wanted them to be clear that him being the messenger wasn't representing Jesus in a bad way. He had to say, listen, 
I don't want you to get the wrong idea about me because that's not what God's like. It's a scary thing to think about, but if you're a Christian, you are Jesus to people. And the way we respond to people shows them what Jesus is like. Who's thankful for his spirit to help us to make good decisions and for his grace. So Paul lays this out, but then he goes on to say this and he takes it deeper. He says, was not yes and no, but in him has always been yes. But he goes on to say, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Jesus. No matter how many promises God has made through the Old Testament, through Scripture, they are yes in Jesus. And so through him, the amen, which means I agree, is spoken by us to the glory of God. Spoken by us to the glory of God. Hebrews 6 verse 11 to 15 says this. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 to 15 says this. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. Who's good at starting things but not necessarily finishing them sometimes? We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy. But to imitate those who through faith and patience. Can you say faith and patience? Faith and patience. But to imitate those through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. I want to speak to you from the subject just for a few moments tonight. Pregnant with a promise. Pregnant with a promise. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for your spirit that's at work tonight. I want to thank you for what you've already done in our time together and what you're going to do through this word. We pray for an openness in this atmosphere, an openness in people's hearts. The spirit of God, we say, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I went to see um, Bruno Mars last year. It was an amazing gig. It was an amazing time. Phenomenal concert. And I was in the car listening to one of his songs called um, That's What I Like with my wife, Naomi. And, um, you know, just having a good time. And uh, Naomi said to me, oh, this song is ridiculous. There's tension now. There's tension now in the car. I was like, what do you mean? And we said, this song's ridiculous. And I said, what do you mean? Now, you need to know this about Naomi. Naomi is a lyrics girl. She picks up lyrics like that. Anyone else like that? You can you zone into the lyrics. I'm a person who kind of like, I like lyrics, but I just kind of go with the vibe. So I'm singing all the wrong words. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm sorry. You know, that's the only, that's the only thing I know. I don't know any of the words. It's just like... I'm not, any, I'm not any styles out here. It's every bit she knows. But Naomi's like that. And she turns to me and says, this song's ridiculous. I said, why? And she says, listen to the lyrics. And I think we've got them here. She says, this is what he says. He says, I love it. We've just got it in worship font as well. It's amazing. <laughs> I will never make a promise that I can't keep. This just feels weird, Joe. I'm really sorry. I'll never make a promise. Let's go back. He says, I will never make a promise that I can't keep. I'm like, yeah, cool. And he goes, I promise that your smile ain't gonna never leave. You've got to say ain't gonna never because, you know, Bruno's got to fit the syllables in for the song. You've got to, you've got to shorten it. I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, that's a vibe. Shopping sprees in Paris. You know, everything. What's the, what's the problem? She, look at the line. She said, go back, go back. She says, he says this, I'll never make a promise that I can't keep. The next line, I promise that your smile is never going to leave. How is he going to fulfill that promise? 
like, baby girl, I was just feeling the vibe. I didn't know what's, I don't know what's going on. Bruno just got caught up in the moment. He's just out here with his girl. He's just trying to make, you know what I mean? That smile's never going to leave your face. He just got caught up in the moment. Made a promise that he can't keep. I don't know if you've ever been just caught up in the moment and you've made a promise that you know you can't keep. It's just something simple, Luke, like, I'll call you. Never. That wasn't directed for him. So, <laughs> Father, we just thank you that you're a God. <laughs> you are chosen, not forsaken. <laughs> Something like, who's been guilty of this? I'll pray for you. I'll make a promise that I won't. Yeah, we've... Or something like this. Who knows what I'm talking about? This might get a bit awkward. Oh, yeah, I'll bring that money that I owe you next week. Who knows? Oh, Jesus. See, a promise is a declaration or assurance that one will do something or that a particular thing is going to happen. But like Bruno, we sometimes make promises that we can't back up. But when I'm coming to talk to you about God's promises tonight, it's imperative that you understand that when God makes promises, he can back them up. He's got the goods. He's not like a man, the Bible says, that he should lie. In fact, one of the most swaggiest scriptures that I've ever heard is Hebrews 6 verse 13. When God made his promise to Abraham, he says this, Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. I love the fact that God almost like looked around. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than me. Okay, I'll swear by myself, Abraham. God can back up his promises over you and to you. See, the promises reveals his character. I love what it says in Hebrews 11, verse 11 to 12. It says, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so watch this. A whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. There was no way to count them. See, his promises don't just tell us something about you. They reveal something about him. They reveal his nature, his character, that his promises, he loves to show his glory through impossible situations. So if you're in an impossible situation tonight, you're in a good atmosphere because the spirit of faith is here and something can happen in your spirit to know that God's promises he can back up and he wants to show off his glory in your life. First thing, if you write in notes, I want you to write this down. God's made promises and they are available for us. God's made promises and they're available for us. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says this, as we just read, for how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. I've got good news tonight. If you're wondering what Jesus' reaction, his posture over you, it's this, yes. It's yes over your life. His posture over you is yes. The posture of Christ over you is yes. I love it as one Bible teacher puts it like this. It says, when a sinful person meets the holy God in Christ, what he hears is yes. 
Do you love me? Yes. Will you forgive me? Yes. Will you accept me? Yes. Will you help change me? Yes. Will you give me power to serve you? Yes. Will you keep me? Yes. Will you show me your glory? Yes. All the promises of God, all the blessings of God in the heavenly places are yes in Christ Jesus. Jesus is God's decisive yes to all who believe. And I've come to remind us tonight. This is a reminder like that pops on your phone, this message. I've come to remind us really simply that the Bible, this book, is filled with God's promises. And they've been made available to us and for us. It's filled. Everything that God promised to Abraham. Everything that, all the promises that you can find in this book. All of them. All of them. All of them. See, you can't have a phone when you're making this illustration, Pastor Malcolm. You have to have a leather Bible. for the, all, of the, all of these promises. All of them. All of them. All of them available to you through what Jesus Christ did on your behalf. And this is what it says. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, let's put that back up again. They made available, yes, in Christ Jesus, but it says this, but the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So God's made these promises. Jesus has fulfilled these promises. And now we say amen. In other words, we say, I agree. I line myself up with what you said. I say I agree with what you've done for me. I say I agree, God, with what you've spoken over me. That song that we sung, I am who you said I am, that is adding the amen to the promise of God. It's, it's putting a demand on what God has said. Now, young people, I don't know if we still make these, but I've got a checkbook. I've got a check here for 100,000 pounds. Who'd like 100,000 pounds? Amazing, Leah Cops, you had your hand up. So, this is a good day. Work for church people. So, if I was going to make a check out to, and I'd put the rest of the words are there, to, to Leah Copsey for £100,000, praise God, she'd have to do something with this check. She'd have to believe that I had the resources. I don't think she does. I believe that I had the resources to go into her bank and make a demand on what I'd promised her. I've just come to remind us that this book is filled with God's promises. And it's looking for people who's going to place demand on what he's already declared and spoken out over him. And I just did a little little research about some of the promises. And these are just a little, a few, just a few and this is one of those things that you can say in a sermon. And because you're repeating a few lines, you can build momentum. But some people need to receive the promise of these things tonight. See, God promises his peace in Philippians 4, verse 67. God promises his rest in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 29. In Philippians 4, verse 19, God has already secured your provision. In John 10, verse 10, God's already secured abundant life. I love this. In Romans 6 verse 14, God's already promised you forgiveness. In John 16 verse 7, God promises his, his Holy Spirit. In 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3, 
God promises us his protection. James 1 verse 5, God promises us his wisdom. And the list goes on. I was walking yesterday just saying sorry to God for some stuff that I'd done wrong. And just aware of the fact that the promise of God's forgiveness is mine in Jesus. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about if this is true. I believe and put a demand and, and, and say amen to the forgiveness of God. And maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking, well, you know, I don't even believe in God, but I've got good news for you. You can put a demand upon the promises of God. Romans 10 verse 13 says, for anyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You might have come into this place tonight a long way from God, not knowing God. But because of the promises of God, this is what we believe. If you call upon him and say amen to what he's already done, you can find salvation. John 7 verse 38 says this. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. You can come here tonight dry, worn out. But you can leave knowing the rivers of God. See, we need to... Put a demand upon the promises of God. Someone puts it like this. I love this book. This is called The Circle Maker. And I think that God is getting my attention on this book again. And, and if you've not read it, I really recommend it by a guy called Mark Batterson, a great man of God. He says this, one thing is certain. Our most powerful prayers are hyperlinked to the promises of God. When you know you are praying the promises of God... You can pray with holy confidence. It's the difference between praying on thin ice and praying on solid ground. It's the difference between praying tentatively and praying tenaciously. You don't have to second guess yourself because you know that God wants to double click on his promises. Goes on to say this. The Bible is a promise book and a prayer book. And while reading is reactive, prayer is proactive. Reading is the way you get through the Bible. Prayer is the way you get the Bible through you. As you pray, the Holy Spirit will quicken certain promises to your spirit. It's very difficult to predict what and when and where and how, but over time, the promises of God will become your promises. I want to say that to some of our teenagers tonight. As you pray over the promises of God, the promises of God will become your promises. Then you need to circle those promises, both figuratively and literally. I never read without a pen so I can underline asterisks and circle. I literally circle the promises in my Bible. Then I do it figuratively by circling them in prayer. Another scholar goes on to say it like this. Prayer is drawing on the account where God has deposited all, its, deposited all his promises. Prayer is not hoping in the dark that there might be a God of good intentions out there. Prayer goes to the bank and draws on promises question that I want, three questions that I want to ask you tonight. Write this question down if you're taking notes. Question number one, will you add the amen to the promises of the Bible to release them into your life? Will you add the amen to the promises of the Bible to release them into your life? See, Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then it says, and the peace of God will guard your hearts. See, the, the promise of God is that you've got peace. But the way that you add the amen is to do what the Bible says. Will you add the amen to the promises of the Bible to release them into your life? God 
made promises, and they're available for us. I also want to say God makes promises specific to your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And God will come and speak specific things over your life, Michaela, specific to you. Things that you hold on to, things that, and I, and I want to say to you tonight, maybe you haven't got that sense of God has spoken something over your life. I want to say God is a speaking God. And I'm believing that God wants to release something powerful in your life, even tonight in this atmosphere. And you know, Beth, who was up here on worship, and Joe, and Wayne, and her parents, and Joe, just, was there anything, I just brought this on Joe, this is what I'm doing today. Um, Joe, is there anything specific that you felt God put on Beth's life that you prayed over? Um, yeah, so when uh, Beth was born, I just felt um, God dropped something into my heart about, you know, she's going to be a worshipper of me. And um, that was the reason we chose the name Elizabeth, because it means worshipper of God. And that was just something that we, we committed to praying into. It was something we hid in our hearts, really. It wasn't something we, we spoke widely about, but... Um, that's something, I've, I mean, I can share that because I've now shared that with, with Elizabeth. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Isn't that powerful? So I say that to model that because maybe you haven't grown up in a Christian home, but one day you will be that leader of that Christian home. So you can know how to have a word from God for your children and begin to pray the promises of God over them. But maybe you didn't have that. And maybe you're here thinking, oh, I didn't have that. See, God has already spoken a word over your life. He's already spoken things over your life and he wants to reveal them to you by his spirit. And the way God will do that is through the words you can be reading the Bible and something will jump out at you. Pastor Malcolm shared that when he was new to faith and he had this word that he felt was from God and he went over to his, this lady that she liked. Her, he liked her called Pastor Lynette. She wasn't called Pastor Lynette now. And you said to her, I feel like God spoke into me. And she said, how do you know it was God? Which was awesome. Um, just love that story <laughs> but God spoke to you so you might be here tonight and God will just speak to you through his word about this is something over my life or he might speak to you through somebody else he might say someone might say something over your life <laughs> and someone else will confirm it God has got specific promises over your life and I've been thinking as Pastor Malcolm's been sharing about the Israelites crossing over to the promised land and I just felt this in my spirit to remind us that there is a promised land that you specifically are called to inherit. There is a space that you're called to occupy. There is an arena of influence for you to inhabit. There is a bigger and bolder version of yourself waiting to manifest itself. There is territory for you to take. I believe for some of you, you've got literal promised land to inherit. Some of you, Young people, you've got a spiritual inheritance that you know nothing about that a previous generation have prayed and sacrificed for that you're going to inherit. There's a promise specific to your life. I believe one of the ways that the promise of God works in our life, it's, it's like being pregnant. You receive something in your spirit and it grows inside of you. <laughs> We've got two children. I've seen Naomi go through pregnancy twice. And I believe 
Like pregnancy, God's promises grow inside of us. And I want to say this if you're taking notes. I believe the promise both expands you and restricts you. The promise of God both expands you and restricts you. When you've got a call upon your life, when you've got a promise upon your life, I believe something grows inside of us. Something begins to develop inside of us. Something begins to spark inside of us. See, it was just as much of a miracle to receive the promise as to believe for the promise to be fulfilled. I believe God does something in you through through the promise. Something bigger happens inside of us as we receive God's promise. But the promise of God, I believe, just like being pregnant, restricts you. See, when Naomi was pregnant, there were certain food and drinks and activities that she had to refrain from to protect what she was carrying. And I believe greatness is being called out of you, but there's certain things that you may have to restrict yourself from because of what you're carrying, because of the promise of God. Because babies inside of you make you heavy. (laughs) The promises of God, they make you a bit heavy. Naomi, her mobility was limited because she was pregnant. And for some of you, I believe that you've been limited not because of something bad, but because you're pregnant with a promise. You can't just go and do whatever everyone else is doing. Your mobility is limited, but it's because you're pregnant with a promise. Your intake of certain things may be different to other people because you're carrying a promise. There are certain foods and drinks that Naomi couldn't partake of because she was carrying something. There are certain things that you may not be able to do because you're carrying a promise of God. There's certain things that I have to feed myself on because I'm carrying a promise of God. You may not be able to be in certain environments because you're carrying a promise of God. And just like awkwardly, Ryan, you'll know what I'm talking about when you're with your pregnant wife and random people just come up to you and start putting your hand on your wife's belly. It's weird, guys. It's weird. But the promise of God will draw people over you saying, I see something in you. Or they might say stuff like this, like, oh, when... I thought you was, you've got a calling of your life. Why, why are we not seeing it yet? You should be here. You should be there. You should be over here. And they try and do something prematurely. Oh, you could be doing this, but you're gifted. Oh, look at this. This is amazing. No, 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 no. What? But God's processes. The promises of God. Something has to be grown in the hidden, in the unseen. Question number two. Will you accept the process of the promise of God in your life? Will you accept the process of the promise of God in your life? See, the promise helps prepare you. If you're going to be someone who sees the promise of God come to pass, you need to develop the root systems to receive the strength you need for the job that you're called to. You know, I wish I understood this when I was younger. When I was younger, I was a bit more like Joseph in the Bible who received this promise from God. Hey, everyone's going to bow down to me and then just started running his mouth off and I think he just thought that was going to happen like really soon. But actually, what can happen is something needs to happen inside of me. It's like being pregnant. Something grows in the waiting. Something grows in the believing. Something grows inside of us. And and I just want to remind us that if we wait on a promise of God, to be patient in the process. This is what it says in Romans 8, verse 22 to 28. 
Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, this is a word for someone. The moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can, we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. And I want to remind someone today, as I was going through my notes, thinking about the promise. This is what Pastor Malcolm said from his message called Instead. He said this, Even when you've done your best to ruin your own success, ashes, beautiful ashes, your mistakes are not as powerful as God's grace. Your stupidity has not cancelled the promise of God. In the Rhythm series, he said, talked about obedience, obedient, consistent, persistent. Anyone remember that? It says, the closer you get to your breakthrough, the more God will require for you and the less it will seem like it's working. Don't suppress frustration. Confess his promises. And, and I want to remind someone today on both of those things that you're closer than you think you are. You're closer than you've ever been. And I also want to say to people here today, you think your mistakes have messed up the promises of God over your life. But the devil is a liar. Because just like Peter, who betrayed Jesus, he was still used by God to see a mighty move of God, to see the birth of the early church. And this is a picture for us that his promise still stands. I want to pray in a moment. I want to say, will you add the amen of the promises that are available to you? Will you accept the process of the promises in your life? But thirdly, will you stand in faith for the promises of God to be release will you stand in faith I feel that I've, my job here is actually to come and create tension <laughs> to create tension tonight yeah Matt just come and help me see that sound you hear is a nice sound because there's tension in the string but I wonder if you can just Keep going, man. Keep going. Keep going, going. What are you saying, Lawrence? See, over here is secure. Over here is good. The promises of God are strong. They're secure. But over here, we can be so relaxed. We're not putting a demand on the promise of God. Maybe we've come, become lazy. Maybe we've become impatient. Maybe we've become tired of waiting. So we are the sound we're producing. It's not one of faith. Now it's secure over here. God's promises hasn't changed. It's just us. There's, there's no tension. There's no faith. There's no fight for the promises of God. But I'm believing that tonight, that God's going to create some tension, that you're going to say enough's enough. Now I am going to start believing again that I'm going to start standing, that I'm going to put some tension, I'm going to take this book and believe God, and believe that God wants to do something powerful, that His promise still stands.
to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.